You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome to the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani. We're coming to you after a very frustrating start to the Braves postseason run. Not unlike what they were going through about a year ago this time when they opened the National League Division Series with a loss to the Milwaukee Brewers. The Braves battled back on this game one or in this game one, but came up on the wrong side of a 7-6 score to the Philadelphia Phillies, who grabbed the one games to none advantage in the NLDS. We got a lot to talk about, obviously, some good, some not so good, and some that's just plain bad. And we'll get to all of it on this edition of the show. As always, we hope you've enjoyed spending the whole season with us here. We hope you're subscribed to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube. Enable those alerts. It'll let you know whenever we drop a new episode. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts as well. Well, Jake, let's jump right into it. I said there's some good, but I probably should lead with the bad because that's what showed up early for the Braves in this one. And unfortunately, it all began with Max Freed, who was very un-Max Freed-like in game one of the series against the Phillies. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And it looked like it was going to be a typical Max Freed start after the first two batters. I mean, two quick outs. And the next thing you know, four straight singles. You know, a couple of balls just out of the reach of Orlando Arcia, a ball that just dropped in, in front of Acuna. Um, Harper hit a ball really hard to, to left, but, yeah. you know, four straight singles in that inning. Next thing you know, you're down two nothing. And as it turns out, the start went on. It was just not his game. He just did not have his best stuff. The velocity was down for whatever reason. Um, so just not not a sharp outing for Max Reed. No, it wasn't. And that's where it all began with the Braves was they really needed him to come out there and at least keep this game manageable, give them a chance to win. He'd done that all season long. But unfortunately, this one game one on Tuesday, it was the first time that Max Fried failed to go five innings in a start all calendar year. So a bad time for that. And the Braves offense was kind of behind the eight ball in the first seven or eight innings of this game, really, and unable to get things going. Let's go to the line score of this one game one of the NLDS with the Phillies now leading one game to none. Philadelphia with seven runs on 12 hits, no errors, eight men left on base. You'll see a very stark difference between these two clubs when we jump into this. The Braves are now trailed by a game. Six runs on nine hits looks good. You have Max Free pitching, you score six runs in a game. You figure you got a good chance to win. Unfortunately, it didn't work out today. An error, nine men left on base for the Braves. But here, Jake, is where I saw the big difference in this one. The Phillies, they had that two-out magic going. They were also 5-for-12 with runners in scoring position. The Braves, their second hit with a runner in scoring position came in the ninth inning, courtesy of Matt Olson and a three-run homer that made it a much closer game than it felt like all afternoon. That really seemed to be the difference. The Braves had so many opportunities against Ranger Suarez early in this one. He walked five. The bases were loaded up a couple of different times, and the big hit really eluded the Braves, or at least anybody not named Travis Darno. Yeah, it was a frustrating game offensively as well. I mean, we talked about Max Fried, who just clearly didn't have it, but the offense had opportunities early, none bigger than that first inning, obviously, where they had bases loaded, one out, huge call there that doesn't go the way of William Contreras, and then he ultimately rolls into a double play, and the Braves get nothing there. You know, you feel like they bounce back and at least pick up one there in that first inning. Maybe it changes the momentum of the game a little bit, but to not able to get anything there, they had bases loaded again later in the game with two outs and Travis Darno, who had, you know, a big game himself strikes out, unable to, to get it done there, swinging at some balls outside the zone. So just some overall, I thought the offense on the most part had more good at bats than bad at bats, but the bad at bats came at really worst bad times in this game. I mean, like you said, 
more often than not, six runs, nine hits, seven walks. That's going to play with this Braves pitching staff. Unfortunately, Max Fried just had the worst game of his season at the worst possible time. And unfortunately, you know, the Braves just couldn't slug their way out of it. So Freed takes a loss in this game. He drops to 0-1, quite obviously, this postseason. 2-3 and in 10 starts lifetime. He was a reliever for the Braves in 2018 and 2019. Didn't get his first start uh, for the Braves in a postseason, that is, until the 2020 pandemic year. Sir Anthony Dominguez, meanwhile, came out of the bullpen. He looked dynamite for the Phillies, who really got what they needed after, you know, Ranger Suarez was done. The Braves were able to chip away some, and, of course, the Matt Olson home run made this a, a one-run game, which ultimately it was, and the Braves came to life in the ninth. It just, unfortunately, was just not enough or too little too late or both of those things. Um, this game lasted nearly four hours, three hours, 48 minutes, 42,641. I saw a lot of chatter online about this game either not being sold out or Braves fans not showing up. I was in the house, and that was not the case. Yeah. This was a, a, a packed house. This was a group of Braves fans that, much like the postseason last year, showed up and showed out, and they didn't have a lot to cheer about in some of the early happenings in this game, unfortunately, but they were there. And they made their presence known at times as the Braves gave them a little bit of life and, of course, a little bit of a show at the end with a finish. Max Fried in this one, three and a third innings, eight hits, six runs, four of them earned a walk and two strikeouts. His error in the third inning led to the two unearned runs. So if you ask Max Fried about those six runs, he'd say, yep, all six of those are on me. Uh, fastball velocity was down, Jake. You mentioned that over a mile an hour from his seasonal average. And as I was talking about, you just he didn't have enough with the eight hits. It seemed like the Phillies were just doing the old thing of hitting them where they ain't. But you know, I hate to point out what the Braves don't have in this series, but one of the things they don't have is Ozzie Albies, and I just kind of wonder what that first inning would have been like with Ozzie at second base as a couple of balls just got through Orlando Arcia that I don't think get through Ozzie Albies. Yeah, that's a great point to make. I mean, like I said, there were two of those balls that inning were just out of the reach of Arcia, and maybe, you know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe Albies makes those plays, but it just wasn't a sharp game overall defensively. I mean, in that inning, you had a ball that, just dropped in front of Acuna. I'm not saying he maybe sh should have made the play, but look at the play that Castellanos made late in that ninth inning, which was a huge play as well. I mean, it's just the little things like that, the throws in that third inning. Freed made a high throw. To Travis Darno made a high throw right after that, almost made another error, and he had a high throw in the second. And then Dancy makes a high throw in the third. I mean, it's just the little things. Look, the Phillies won this game. They outplayed yes. the Braves. I mean, they did the little things well. They even executed, you know, small ball, had some sack flies, a couple of sack bunts. I mentioned Castellanos made a good defensive play. Uh, I mean, they just, other than the walks, you know, they had a lot of them. I thought, you know, Phillies played, outplayed the Braves uh, by a good margin in this game. And like you said, the, the final score maybe indicates that it was a little closer than it actually was. But, yeah. um, you know, Brian Snicker even said it in the post game. Look, they got the big hit hits and we did it. I mean, it's as simple as that. They came up in the big spots and Braves didn't in this game. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up because there are certain days where you you know you beat yourself and maybe the Braves did a little bit of that, but there are some days where the other team just outplays you and the other team got the big hits in this game. There's just no two ways about it. Five runs were scored with two outs in this one, four consecutive two-out hits in the first inning. That kind of set an uncomfortable tone, an uncomfortable precedent. Mm -hmm. Then the couple of runs that was kind of a self-inflicted wound by Freed making that error in the third inning. And then as the Phillies did, or as good teams do, and if you're in the playoffs, you're a good team, spoiler alert, they were able to add on and continue to add on. And the six runs that were charged with Freed just made it, as you pointed out, Jake, his worst start of the season at the worst time that you could possibly have that. You know, beyond Freed and, and beyond what the Phillies were doing, which was just getting a whole bunch of base hits in the early going, 
the Atlanta offense, you pointed out, did not have the same kind of two-out magic, and they certainly didn't have the same big hit ability that the Phillies had in this one. First inning bases loaded. You talked about William Contreras. He had a, a just a brutal missed strike call on a 2-1 pitch that really changed the outcome of that at bat, in my opinion, because I think he would have walked with the bases loaded, and that would have put a run uh, on the board early for the Braves, whereas one run at any of these opportunities would have made a big deal. But then Travis Darnot didn't get to hit with the bases loaded in that frame. Well, he let off the second inning with a home run. And I don't know if in somewhere in the Braves multiverse, he hits a grand slam in the first. We'll never know, but he never got the opportunity. But it was more than just one bad call or one bad play. It was a variety of things that really just added up and helped the Phillies win and, and really cost the Braves ultimately. Uh, third inning bases loaded, the strikeout of Travis Darno. You mentioned fourth inning, two on, two out, strikeout ends that one. Fifth inning, two on, two out, a strikeout ends that one. And the Phillies made a great play on Michael Harris, who nearly gapped one into right center. That would have made a big deal or, or made a big difference in this game, but it just was not to be. And perhaps no Brave had a tougher day, Jake, than did Dansby Swanson. Mm. 0 for 4 heading into the ninth inning with four strikeouts. You could see the frustration mounting for him, particularly because we know Dansby has a penchant for coming through with some big hits with runners on base. This was not his day, though he was involved in that ninth inning rally and did score in the medals and homer. Yeah, him and Riley, too, honestly, just did not have it on this day. But Swanson, in particular, came up in a couple of big spots and just couldn't get the put the ball in play. I mean, twice he got blown away, his first two at-bats, blown away with fastballs up, you know, struck out on a couple of pitches down later in the game. So, yeah, not a not a great game for him. Obviously, we know how clutch he's been over the years. But, um, you know, look, just wasn't wasn't his game. I was glad to see him get that hit in the ninth inning, and certainly yeah. you could see him get pumped up. Hopefully that leads into – you know, a bigger game in game two. The Braves need him. They need Riley, you know, in the middle of that order to get going. Thankfully, you know, Acuna and Olsen had great <laughs> games in this one, you know, kind of picking up the slack there at the top. But, you know, you really need, though we've talked about it, especially going down the stretch, you really need those four guys at the top to have some big moments. Again, I mentioned Acuna and Olsen did. Swanson and Riley really didn't in this one. And that ultimately, you know, played a, played a big difference in the game. Yeah, it all it all added in there. But as we've talked about before, I mean, you you have to to use the old baseball colloquialism. Tip your cap to the Phillies because they got the hits and they did little things and they did the bigger things that they needed to, which included you know getting a bunch of guys on and then coming through with a base hit. Nick Castellanos had a great game for them. He had three hits. He knocked in three runs. He denied a a base hit in the ninth inning with a nice diving catch. You mentioned earlier uh, on the Braves side of things, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, with three hits and a walk in this one. So you feel good about Ronald getting on base a bunch of times, but he was not able to cross home plate a bunch of times. And that, unfortunately, was kind of a byproduct of the aforementioned struggles of Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley in this one. Olsen's three-run homer, that was a big hit. He had five of those against the Phillies this year, home runs, that is. So good to see him swinging a, a big and important bat in the you know important spots late. So maybe that'll give him a little bit of momentum. As you mentioned, the Swanson hit, good to see it. Maybe that'll help him carry over. Well, the Braves, how about you know charging back and scoring three runs there in the ninth? I know there are no moral victories here. Philadelphia leads this series one game to none, but if the Braves needed to show some signs of life so they feel a little bit better about game two and their ability to just kind of be back in this thing or get back in this thing, I think that you know those three runs in the ninth inning could go a long way toward making them feel a little bit more like themselves than missing all of those opportunities in the first four or five innings. You heard a lot of them say it after the game that they were, you know, happy with the way the team fought back and especially in that ninth inning and made it close. So, yeah, while moral victories don't mean much, especially for fans who just see a loss, yeah. perhaps it does mean a little bit something for the confidence of those guys who, you know, honestly came out a little bit sluggish. 
does that have anything to do with the long break? You know, who knows? They're obviously not going to make those excuses or say otherwise, but definitely did come out a little sluggish, had a late rally though. And certainly, you know, had to tax that Phillies bullpen, although Dominguez and Alvarez really breezed through their innings. They didn't have to work very hard, but at least made Eflin kind of work and you got to see those guys. So if you're looking for a silver lining, you know, it's that the Phillies had to use their top arms. So the Braves got to look at them and that they did, you know, make a comeback against Eflin in the ninth. So you face that situation again, you feel confident that, you know, you can get a run or two off Zach Eflin in that ninth inning. Yeah, and I think that that all matters, and it all adds up to something somewhere. You didn't add up to the runs they needed to win this game, but every little bit helps when you're looking for some kind of momentum in the playoffs, and it can swing on one swing of the bat or on one pitch sometimes. That's just the way that baseball is. Uh, as uh, looking at this game one loss, which clearly, you know, again, involved a lot of missed opportunities for the Braves in this one. We know that a year ago, Jake, that you know they began with a loss against the Milwaukee Brewers, and Charlie Morton was on the mound there, and it was a 2-1 defeat, and the way the Brewers had their pitching staff lined up, you thought, well, it's going to be hard to score some runs in this one. But the next thing you know, the Braves took care of business and got through the NLDS. They're going to have a similar uh, task ahead of them, as we know what the Phillies have lined up for games two and assuming game three. It'll be Zach Wheeler in the second contest, and then we'll see Aaron Nola in game three. But one thing I think a Brian Snitker-led club has done is they take every game as its own entity, every day as its own opportunity, and they don't get caught looking at, oh, well, what's the scenario for game three, game four, game five? They're going to come out concentrating on game two, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But I think that's something, Jake, that's just built into the overall personality of this club. Yeah, we talked about it all season long, and really all last year, too, is just the resiliency of this team to shake off bad games and come out the next day and not carry the weight of that game before. So, I mean, you know, history tells us this team, like you said, is going to come out on Wednesday, ready to go, treat it as a brand new day, a brand new game, and get back after it and hopefully play, you know, a much better game than they did on Tuesday. So I'm not worried in the slightest about how game one of this series is going to affect them going forward. They've proven time and time again that they can bounce back from, you know, difficult games like this one, close losses, and come through. So that doesn't concern me at all. I'm looking for the Braves to come out in game two, fired up, ready to go, and focused on evening the series up. And the Braves have done a great job all season long of winning series, particularly since June the 1st when they went on that tear that helped them claim the National League East crown from the New York Mets. So uh, with that said, we are going to take a deeper look at game two of the series. Before we do that, I want to remind you that betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games with reviews and news of every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Head on over to betonline.net today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening at BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Game two at Truist Park with the Phillies up one game to none over the Braves. It's going to be 21-game winner Kyle Wright on the mound for Atlanta. Zach Wheeler, though, the Phillies ace, gets the ball for the visiting club. One of the things I look at with this, Jake, at least in, on the on the right side of things, if you'll pardon the pun, Kyle was 13-2 and two on his home mound with a sub-3 ERA. I think he's very comfortable at Truist Park, unlike, say, maybe certain Phillies relievers who needs that mound to be re-manicured every time he takes it. Kyle Wright has found himself right at home on the center of the diamond at Truist Park, and I think that bodes well for what the Braves need for him, for him to do in game two of the series. And they need a big start from Kyle Wright. There is no doubt about that. And look, he's won 20 games, 21 games, you know, this season. Obviously, he goes out there. You expect the Braves to put up a good performance and have a chance to win. But 
The only thing that really concerns me about this game is that Cal Wright's similar to Max Reed in the fact that he relies on weak contact and ground balls. And as you see, sometimes, you know, that Babbitt goes the other way and those balls in play find holes. And sometimes that happens with Kyle Wright. And we'll see starts where he was up seven or eight hits. You just hope all those hits are singles. And a lot of times they are. But that is the one thing that concerns me. The other thing that concerns me is Zach Wheeler absolutely has owned the Atlanta Braves He's good. Uh, over, over his career. And he's a really good pitcher. So it's going to be a tough task. But, I mean, the Braves have faced tough tasks before, especially last year in the postseason as well. As you mentioned, that Brewers pitching staff was the best in all of baseball, in my opinion, last year. And the Braves were able to get it done. But they've got to get, obviously, better starting pitching from Kyle Wright in game two. The offense has to keep working those at-bats. Had a lot of deep at-bats early in this game against Suarez, yep. ran that pitch count up and got him out of the game. Hopefully they can do the same against Wheeler, but scratch a couple more runs across early, get some momentum going. So, look, it's not going to be easy, but this Braves team, you know, I think is very good and very capable. So I think it's, you know, an opportunity for them to go out and even up this series and win another ball game. Yeah, and they need to win a ball game to even things up, and then it's off to Philadelphia for what they hope will be at least a couple of games there. And if it has to come home, it'll come home. But the Braves are going to be all in on game number two behind Kyle Wright. I mentioned that he's 13-2 and with a 286 ERA at his home ballpark on the year. Three starts against the Phillies. He was 2-1 and with a 284 ERA. Zach Wheeler, 12-7 and on the regular season, 282 ERA, big-time strikeout stuff. That goes almost without saying, but I'll say it anyway since that's what we do here. 2-0 and in three starts against the Braves with a 270 ERA, one walk, 25 strikeouts. Don't expect a repeat performance of what uh, Ranger Suarez had going on over the first three and a third innings in game one. Zach Wheeler is going to be a tough customer. It'll be a late afternoon start. There is a little bit of a threatening weather forecast, so we'll see if we can get this thing started on time. But game two, Braves and Phillies, NLDS, 4.35 p.m. Eastern time at Truist Park. It's Kyle Wright against Zach Wheeler as these two clubs will clash once again on Wednesday. We appreciate you joining us here on the Braves postcast as always. Unfortunately for Atlanta, this was a tough way to start their postseason run, but they'll be back with another game on Wednesday. We'll be back with another episode of the Locked on Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked on Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, for Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Braves fall in game one of the NLDS, 7-6 to the final score. We'll be back after game two, and until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 